0: Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. I am so happy that you're here today, and I believe that the Holy Spirit will share with you today the anointing of the Word that will produce the victory and the joy and the peace that Christ has made available for you. Praise God. Get ready to receive God's word today. We're going to begin in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. We're going to first receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of God and we're going to honor God with our finances. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now remember, we walk by faith not by sight. That's what faith is. You're you're walking by faith, not just a random like, oh, I hope it. No, it's a faith in God's word. It's a faith in what God said. So this faith is the evidence of things not seen. Verse six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, as you bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord, I want you to give in faith, exercising your faith, using your faith, just like a mechanic can use a a screwdriver or a wrench and achieve a desired result. I want you to use your faith. I want you to use the tool of your faith for increase in your finances. See? While we obey the principles of God's Word of tithes and offerings, the tithe being 10% of all that you earn, of all that comes into you, that 10% and the giving of offerings, while we obey those principles, we also want to do it in faith. In other words, don't just give a tithe or an offering and then think, well, that's that's all there is to it. God will bless me. He will bless you. And you need to use your faith so that you get the maximum results. In other words, on purpose, be using your faith for increase on purpose, be using your faith, make application of your faith and say, Father, I'm a tither. I'm a giver, and you are increasing me. And, Lord, this will be the greatest year of my life financially. I'm going to be able to give more. I'm going to be able to do more than I ever have before. So do you see how you can use your faith? You can give evidence of your faith by speaking those faith-filled statements such as, I am blessed to be a blessing. And this year, I will be a greater blessing than ever before. So you're using your faith, and you're calling those things forth of greater increase. Praise God. Hallelujah. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So as you give your tithe, as you bring an offering into the storehouse of the Lord, do so with great faith. Saying, this is my year for increase. I am going from one level of financial glory to the next level of financial glory. We go from glory to glory. We go from faith to faith. The faith that you had for your budget last year. Go from faith to faith. Go to a new level so that you have increase and that you expand and increase. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. You're using your faith. As you used your faith for salvation. As many of you have used your faith for the baptism in the Holy spirit. As many of you have found the promises of God's word include divine healing. Oh, and you use your faith for healing and you've received, received and received, use your faith for financial increase and you will receive in that area as well. Be sure to honor the Lord through his commandments of the tithe and offerings and then use your faith and just watch as God will bless you in greater, greater, Portion and proportion than what you've experienced before. Use your faith. Be bold about it. The bolder you are with your faith, the greater results you'll get. Woo, praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, as you're bringing your tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord, if you would like to mail them in, you prefer to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box, 717 Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 28654. If you prefer to bring them in online, please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. It is safe, secure, highly encrypted. You can give it any time, day or night, and from any place in the world. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's many options online in which you have available to give when you visit our website there on the homepage is the link called giving and or or give it says and you can click on the red heart it'll take you right to our giving link praise the Lord let me pray for you Heavenly Father as your people are obeying you in this sacred area of giving as they're working your principles of seed time and harvest tithes and offerings sowing and reaping Father Let their faith be alive for increase. Let their faith be active for the blessing to flow. Thank you, Father God, that you're lifting your people up in this area of finances to be a greater blessing. You are blessing them. And Father, they have such a heart to give. And I thank you that you are increasing them in this area because it's more blessed to give than to receive. There's so much joy in giving. And so, Father, we thank you for the increase so that we may experience greater avenues of giving and new dimensions of joy. Now, Father, we give you praise. Bless your people in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen. Praise God. Now, let's take our Bibles today and let's move over to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 19, we're going to start in verse 11 and we're going to get to verse 13. We're going to camp there a little bit today. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into the message today, we ask that the Holy Spirit would anoint our spiritual ears to hear and understand and our spiritual eyes to see the truth and to walk in the light of the truth and the joy. To enjoy the peaceful fruit of righteousness that it produces when we obey your word. Now, Father, we give you praise. Thank you, Father, that your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. We enjoy walking in the light of your word. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen. Praise God. Luke chapter 19. Let's start in verse 11. Thank you, Jesus. Now, as he heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Well, we know, of course, that that immediate situation was not going to arise the way they thought it would. They thought at that time, Jesus would step in with a physical kingdom that now he is going to display himself as the king and the Invading Roman conquest of the nation of Israel will be dispelled, and they will have their land back, and they will have uh, every tribal, uh, basically every tribe restored and functioning the way it should. And they'll have their temple all to themselves, well, without you know, out having the Romans staring down and looking at them, and they'll be able to get things the way. It was intended to be done. Praise God! They just thought this is it. This is it. But you know what? The kingdom is is first and foremost within. The kingdom of God is within. Now there will be a physical kingdom when the Lord does come to rule and reign upon the earth, and that's during what. We would call the millennial reign, the millennial basically meaning a thousand. You're going to read about that in the book of Revelation, the latter parts of the book of Revelation, as well as Isaiah chapter 11. But Jesus, he goes into a parable to give insight into how this is actually going to unfold. Therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, Do business till I come. Now, some translations, such as the King James Version, says, Occupy till I come. In other words, stay here and continue on. Uh, Both translations are accurate. They're both correct. Do business. Or, in other words, Occupy, stay here, and do business till I come. <clears throat> and we know that most of them did. And we know that there was one who didn't, who got into fear, got into the paralysis of too much analysis. Maybe that one just watched the news too much, read too many newspapers, and he just shut down and he got the wrong focus because of fear. And uh, he, he just froze and he didn't bring any increase, and the Lord was very displeased with that servant. But I today want to talk about where your focus should be. Praise God. I could launch into the current events that are shaking the nation and affecting you know many people around the world, particularly those in America. Well, Pastor Stephen, what do you think about what happened in Washington, D.C.? Well, I, I have to say that while many give their opinions, I was there. My wife and I were standing right in front of the Capitol building. We saw what was happening on the backside. We saw what was going on on the front side. <gasps> well, Pastor Stephen, what were you doing? We're doing what we went there to do, which was pray. I don't always announce from the pulpit uh, the prayer operations that we undertake here. But we are in D.C., uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and we were in DC, uh, D.C. for that whole thing. We were there the day before, and, uh, you know, we, we, we were just praying, just standing there, seeing what unfolded, but just standing there praying, praying in the Spirit, praying for our nation, praying that the destiny that God has for this nation not be destroyed, because we love this country, and we want to see God's will done. And we're just praying, praying, whoo! Praying, praying, praying—just praying. When you when you see the things that are taking place, and all of the things going on, all of the deception and so forth, all you can do is pray. You just pray, pray in the spirit, pray in tongues. Praise God! The night before we were there uh, on the lawn of the Capitol, praying. Well, I think we were out there till I don't know, maybe ten o'clock at night, uh, till our feet were so cold you can't even feel your toes. I couldn't feel my feet. Pastor Kelly the same way. We were there with other intercessors. And we were just praying. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, I want a full rundown. What did you see? What happened? Well, there's plenty of people that are willing and happy to dissect that and talk about that. And, uh, and you know, you're going to go in a big circle. And you're, by the time you've talked it all over, you're going to end up right back to where you started from in the sense where you might have some more information. But still, the situation remains what it is. So we need to always pray. But I think that there's something that we need to be very much aware of, which is where should my focus be, especially in the times where there's a lot competing for your focus. There are things pulling that would scream and want to demand your attention. Watch me, listen to me. Do you see what's happening over here? Uh, The truth is, for myself, uh, many times I'm not only aware of it, uh, so often the Lord has me there, but I'm there to pray. But still, as I pray, I still have to make that shift to get the higher focus, which is that of the kingdom focus. I'd like to talk a little bit about that today. Now, some years back, Dr. Wade Taylor, he laid hands on me, uh, and Dr. Taylor is in heaven now. He lived his life out. He's in heaven. But when he laid his hands on me and he prayed for me, he said, Stephen, he said, I transfer my mantle to you. And he said, I transfer the mantle He'd carried, uh, he told me he carried 18 different mantles, but he said, I'm transferring my mantle to you and the mantle of Walter Butler, and of Ivan Spencer and of John Follett. Now, Walter Butler traveled to over 100 nations. He was a prophetic teacher. Ivan Spencer raised up a tremendous Bible college. Uh, He was very uh, charismatic. He was the founder, I believe, of Elam Bible College, uh, which had a very good focus on on kingdom perspective, in other words, global ministry. And then you had John Follett. And there's not too many people uh, in the modern era, era that would know about John Follett because he was what was known as a mystic saint. And although he did speak on some very large platforms, he was never what you would call the evening speaker. He's not the one that's going to get people shouting and all that. He was a teacher, he was a prophetic teacher. So although he was not that well known, he did speak in large conferences, but he would be more of like the morning speaker. And he was very happy in his place of being the morning speaker. He knew he was not the, you know, whoop him up type person. That was not his anointing. But when he did speak, uh, people really loved him because they knew he had spent time with God. And he was, he was a tremendous teacher, but it always had a prophetic element to his teaching. But I I bring this up because I want to share something today about where our focus should be because John Follett went through something in the 1950s that many of you are kind of like working your way through right now. Let me see if I can set the context. John Follett in the uh, mid-50s, but particularly uh, it was actually the latter 50s, he saw the global threat of communism he uh, he understood the fear that was sweeping over America. Now, remember, in 1957, the Russians, they put up Sputnik, <laughs> and that was blasted all over the world through uh, radio, and newspapers covered it everywhere, and it sent shockwave of fear through America like you wouldn't believe because they thought we're all going to get blasted by, you know, nuclear weapons and it's over and they thought that they've got they've got a satellite up in space. They're way ahead of us and they're, they're going to destroy us all they're going to they're going to sweep the world with communism and the the American way that we know is finished it's over and so John Follett was feeling all of that and and seeing it, I mean, this is real. They showed footage of the spa- – you know, of course, the Russians were very proud of that. So, you yeah, know, they're showing their video footage of, how, you know, the rocket launch and all of that stuff. And then, you know, the signals. And not only that, Americans could see it go over. <laughs> they could see the thing just like if you're on a clear night. Any night on a clear night, you can go out and you can see the International Space Station go over. Now, it's like a little dot going by, but you can see it. And all the other various satellites that you see going over – so it it struck America with a lot of fear, and uh, people are like in the church were like, "Hey, is this it? Have we finally run out of time? Is this the end of the age?" Well, Jesus gave a parable to recalibrate people 's focus, and um, we need that we need to get our focus recalibrated. John Follette said that in light of all of this going on and the fear sweeping America, and many even in the church saying God is this it? Have we each have we reached the end of the age? He said, Lord, would you talk to me about this? what's going on how should i how should I um view this? So he got alone with the Lord, got quiet, which is what I would encourage many of you to do and I think when you hear what I'm going to share today, I believe it will resonate with you while we're aware of what's going on. We need to know what is the main focus so he you know, it's not like he read the news or, or, excuse me, watch news or stuff like that because he was, he was a recluse. He never married. He was totally devoted to the Lord. You're talking about a person that just pretty much lived this extremely simple life, prayed all the time, was in the word all the time. And that's all he wants to do. So he got himself real quiet and he said, Lord, I'm aware of that stuff out there, but what would you say? What's going on right now? Are we, are we really at the end And so this is what the Lord showed him. Uh, He said the Lord took him back to when he was a young boy, uh, about the age of six, and brought back to his memory, something happened on a certain day. Let me tell you what John Flett said happened. He said it was early in the morning. It was a Saturday morning, and it was real early, like five o'clock in the morning, and his mother and father Uh, got him up. Now remember, they're all early risers back then anyhow. So uh, woke him and his sister, he and his sister, they're only like a year apart. So they're both, uh, you know, real young kids. And the father and mother said, now listen, today it's Saturday. And uh, they told told little John and his sister, "Uh, your, your, your mother and I, the father said, your mother and I were going into town. It's Saturday. This is our only opportunity. And, you know, this was back in the olden days where, I mean, it's not that old. It's 1950s, but they lived in a rural area. So, uh, if you're in a rural area and you want to go to town, where well, you have to go in the town. So they said, we're leaving this morning to go in the town. We will be gone all day. There's things we have to do, but we will be back before it's nighttime. And they said, You know the chores that you have to do, just like you would normally do. But because we're gone, you're going to have to also do some of our chores. So you're going to be very busy all day. So we want you to get all of these things done. And we'll be back later. They said, Okay. So little John said, You know, he's like six years old. And, you know, the parents left. And when they left, uh, they, they, they had some breakfast for them and stuff like that. So they ate their breakfast and it's time to start the morning chores. You know, you got to milk the cow or you kind of got to do the basics and take care of the farm animals and, you know, run around, do all the stuff you're supposed to do. And then the sun comes up. It's just a beautiful day and not a cloud in the sky. And he said there was actually like a joy he and his sister had knowing that mom and dad are gone. They're gone all day. And so it gave them a little extra time while they did their, sto- uh, their chores to kind of do, you know, have a little more fun uh, to do the things kids like to do, you know, play around a little bit here and there and. John Follett said there was a robin that had laid the eggs. You know, of course, uh, there in the nest, you could see the beautiful blue eggs. And he just loved looking at that. So knowing that mom and dad were away, he could just take a few extra minutes to look at that. So all his fun little things he was wanting to do, was able to do it and, uh, you know, run through the flowers or whatever it is. So he's still getting stuff done, but he's uh, he's just enjoying things. Well, you know, before you know it lunchtime rolls around and his parents had left some lunch out uh, for he and his sister. So they, they ate their lunch. They took a break from their work and they ate their lunch. They enjoyed that, but there's, there's chores to do. There's still work to get done before mom and dad get home and back out. They go and they're starting to work through the afternoon. But you know, little John said that he realized that as a young child, while the morning had kind of gone uh, by, it seemed like kind of slow and, you know, lunch, you could take your time and you could lay down in the grass and look up at the blue sky and think about how beautiful it all is. He said that once you got into the afternoon, the latter afternoon, he said, it seemed like everything started going real, real quick. Uh, what's happened to the time? We still have to get this done. He told his sister, we still have to get this done. And so they're hurrying, they're hurrying. And then. The sun starts to set. It starts to go down. And they're watching as the sun now goes down below the horizon. You can't even see the sun anymore, but there's still radiance of that light coming over. And they're like, we've got to hurry. It's going to be dark soon. And he said a feeling swept over him and his sister both like, you know what? I really miss mom and dad. I, I really miss mom and dad. I hope they get back soon. Why? Because now dark is starting to come in. And John Follett said as a, as a little child, he remembers how during the daytime the trees were so beautiful. But at night, as the darkness starts coming in, suddenly the trees, they don't look pretty. They, they look hideous. They, it looks like evil creatures. And uh, the branches look like, you know, uh, you know, arms that are trying to grab you or reach you. And he's seeing all of this. And it's like as darkness is coming in. It's just like the, he's like, oh, this is not good. I sure wish mom and dad would be, would get back. So he's trying to finish up the last few things and right when the last rays of light were just about to be completely gone. He looks and over the hill comes mom and dad back in the carriage. Woo, he said, I was so happy. My sister and I were so happy. Oh, they're back. <laughs> and right, right when they got to the house, complete darkness. And they went inside of the house safe and secure. And he said, as a little child, he said, I can't even express how happy my sister and I were knowing that mom and dad were back and we're inside the house. The doors closed for safe and secure. Everything is all right now. Mm-mm. And the Lord told him I gave you full recollection of that, brought that all back to your memory because I want you to know that until I come back, you need to keep working and keep working and keep doing all the things that I've assigned you to do until you can't do any more. And at that last moment, I'll come back. Woo! Praise God. Pastor Stephen, where should my focus be? Well, this is your focus. You need to be involved in kingdom business. All out kingdom business. Yes, we're aware of the shakings. We're aware of all of that. Uh, uh, We we, we see it. We hear it. You can feel it in the air. Where should our focus be, though? A higher focus. Do kingdom business until he comes back, until you can't do any more. And at that point, God steps in. Praise God. But we've got a lot to do, and we can still do a lot. Oh, Pastor Steve, it's all over. Well, we live in very interesting times, but we still have assignments And we must be about the Father's business. Jesus said, Do business, kingdom business, till I come. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Please go with me now to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to do kingdom business regardless of what's happening. And as you'll see, that as you're on focus, you'll be in faith, you won't be in fear, you'll be protected. And you'll be walking in the wisdom of God. And you'll be going upstream like the salmon, even if other things are going downstream. You'll be going upstream. Whoo, praise God. We're now in Matthew chapter 24. Let's go to verse 6. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, most translations, usually nine out of ten, are going to translate this more literally from the Greek, and that would actually be the word labor pains. All these, all these difficulties, all these troubles in the earth are the beginning of labor pains. I wish that I could tell you that in the earth, things are going to get better, but that's not what the Bible says. It's going to get more difficult. Now, in the midst of this difficulty, we're going to continue on with the kingdom focus. But yes, there will be these difficulties. There's labor pains. Now, remember, when a woman goes into labor to deliver a child, the closer you get to that delivery, the the closer those pains come. And the more intense they come. So it used to be, go decades back, go a few centuries back. Sure, there could be an earthquake. We'd have some earthquakes here and there. We'd have some natural disasters here or there. But now, there's all kinds of disasters. And now there's all kinds of Moral depravity. All of these signs are being fulfilled, and it's going to continue like labor pains, more calamities, getting closer and closer, and not only getting closer and closer, but they're going to be getting uh, more intense, more intense until there is this birthing. Well, Pastor Stephen, how far can we go with this? When will this end? It'll end when verse 14 is completed. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. Who praise God. So Pastor Stephen, where should our focus be? Well, according to what Jesus said in the gospel of Luke, he said in that same chapter, Luke chapter 19, he said the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost that's where our focus should be. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And so we need to go after the lost. We need to have the right focus. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. Now, the word nations, you could translate it as Gentiles. You could also look at it more closely because in the greek is the word ethne yes it it is gentiles those outside of the covenant of god gentiles but it's ethne in the greek and that's actually where we get our english word ethnic from or ethnic groups there are in the eyes of god three classes of people on the earth not 4 not 10 not 1 not a hundred, three, and I can show that to you very quickly in the scripture. Please look with this. Look at this with me. First Corinthians chapter ten. 1 Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirty-one. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, and that, that's really something to consider. Or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Praise God. Give no offense. Here we go. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks. Who are the Greeks? The Greeks are a representation of the Gentiles. All of these people that are out there in the world that don't know God. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Well, Pastor Stephen, are you Jewish? No. Well, then you must be a Gentile. No, I'm in the other category. The moment you come into Christ... Uh, then you are in the church, praise the Lord. So we have, we have those three. We have the Jew. We have the Greek, which would be the nations of the world, the Gentiles. And we have the church of God. Praise God. Now, we need to talk about reaching the lost. Praise the Lord. Do business. Do business. Do kingdom business till I come. In the midst of all of these things, wars and trouble, nations rising against nation, famines, pestilences. We have certainly seen that. We need to stay on task. These, these labor pains are going to continue around the world with intensity, with a, a closer frequency. Just when you think, well, maybe we'll get past that and get a breather, boom, something else comes. So we need to be aware of that. But we're going to still stay on verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom. See, we're doing kingdom business. will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. So just like John Follett, when he was a little child, going around, staying busy. When? Till the parents came back. We need to be just like that. We've got a lot to do. Until the Lord comes back, we've got to stay busy. By the way, how many of you know He is coming back? And there will be a time when we can't work anymore. But until then, until then, we're gonna keep on going. We're gonna push the spiritual gas pedal all the way to the floor. Hallelujah. Pastor Stephen, I drive an electric vehicle. I don't have a gas pedal. We're gonna push it all the way to the floor also. Who praise God, in our efforts to spread the gospel far and wide oh we have so much to do praise God now again this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations nations the Greek word ethne referring to all of these various ethnic groups when it is saying the word nations here don't look at it like the nation of Canada the nation of America the nation of Switzerland that's not what that's referring to It's referring not only to these geographical areas, but to these ethnic groups that make up all of these various nationalities. Praise God. Right now we have 17,400 ethnic groups that are in the world today. Okay. 17,400 ethnic groups that are in the world today. Are you ready for some? Wild statistics. Here we go. Out of the 17,400 ethnic groups, 7,400, not people, 7,400 ethnic groups are unreached. Pastor Stephen, what do you mean by unreached? I mean that in these unreached ethnic groups, there are less than 2% Christians. Or, in some cases, there is actually no exposure at all to Christianity. So we're talking 2% or less, and usually it's less, extremely minimal, maybe even 1%, but we're saying it has to be at least below 2%. That means 98% of the others don't know. They don't know anything about the gospel. We have 7,400 ethnic groups that are unreached, less than 2% know about Christ, or they have no exposure to Christ at all. Out of the 7,400 ethnic groups, the 50 largest, now remember, this is just 50 out of 7,400, but out of those 7,400, let's just look at the 50 largest ones. The 50 largest ones, they comprise 1.48 billion souls Mm -mm. that are unreached. Let's read the scripture again. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Pastor Stephen, that's been done. Absolutely not. It has absolutely not been done. No missiologist would ever acknowledge a crazy statement like that who are missiologists, they're the ones that are missionaries, specifically the theologians that study missions, unreached people groups, and compile data and statistics that help us pinpoint the areas of where we need to send the gospel to, as well as continuing to send it already to areas where it's, it's going, but especially to unreached areas. So th- these are statistics that do not lie. They're accurate. billion souls that are unreached. Every group out of this 50, every group of the 50, every single one of them is larger than 10 million. Woo. Praise God. What if we could just get one of them? Mm -mm. This means that out of these 50 groups, not one has a church, not one. Not one has a church that's been established that is capable of taking the gospel throughout that region. Not one. Praise the Lord. Out of the 50 largest ethnic groups that are unreached, 23 of them are Muslim. 18 of them are Hindu. Six of them are Buddhist. And the remaining few percentages would be uh, a mixture or Or something where there would just be no particular God that's worshiped at all, just people that are not serving God that don't know God. Now, let's give a few examples of some of these unreached people groups. We have the Shaikhs of Bangladesh, 136 million of them, and they're unreached. They are unreached. Less than 2% have ever heard the gospel. Or, in some cases, some of them have never heard it at all. They've never even heard the name of Jesus. Never. They've never even heard the word gospel. They don't even know what a Bible is. They don't even know what it looks like. They've never heard the book of Genesis. They don't know anything. They don't know anything. Completely unreached. 136 million Shaikhs of Bangladesh. The Brahmins of India. 61 million Brahmins. That are unreached. Praise the Lord. The Yadavs of India. 62 million. Unreached. The Java. Pasir Lore of Indonesia. 37.4 million. Unreached. And I love going to Indonesia. And all of the beautiful islands of Indonesia. But with all of those islands. Thousands of them. You're going to have a lot of people spread out. And, you know, there's people out there with no Internet, uh, no newspaper, no telephone, and they're just out there. And, you know, uh, they may have some electricity, but they're doing pretty good to have that. Unreached, 37.4 million of them. Most of these people that I've just mentioned have never once in their entire life ever heard the gospel. Never have. Never have. What are we going to do about that? Pastor Steve, I'm ready to get out of here. I understand that. I understand the pressures we're under. I understand the corroding of our liberties. I understand the, not just national, the global decay of morality and the confusion. where people can be so confused, they don't even know what gender they are. They, 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 they in their mind can't even such confusion and deception sweeping over the earth. ah But we still have a job to do because let me tell you, there are those that are on this planet. If we can get the gospel to them, they'll take it. They'll take it like a hungry fish, hook, lion, and sinker. And we are fishers of men. We're going to get them. We're going to get them. Praise God. We're going to have the higher focus. Yes, we're aware. We're aware, and many of you are aware. You're very well informed. uh, The audience that I speak to is a very well-informed audience. But my friends, while we are aware of these things, and it does move us to to pray about these situations, we're going to stay on target on the main target, which is that we must occupy. We must do kingdom business until he comes. Mm, Praise the Lord. And until he comes, we've got to stay busy. Not only that, we need to expand, increase, and take it seriously. And as we do, we'll see that God is with us, refreshing us, blessing us, helping us despite all the difficulties. Well, Pastor Stephen, we've we got challenges. We have enemies. The Lord will prepare a table before you right in the presence of those who would try to oppose you. He'll bless you. He'll refresh you. You'll be able to sit at the table and eat and then continue on doing all that God has called you to do. Stay on target. Stay on task. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, out of these 50 large groups comprising a total of 1.48 billion souls, 81% of them are either Hindus, Muslims, or Buddhists. And those 81% do not even know a Christian. They've never met one. They have never met a Christian. Pastor Stephen, how can that be? Well, when you get out in the world and travel, uh, you see, as you remove yourself from a Western perspective, you see, hey, it's a pretty big planet, and what we can get so caught up in, the other side of the world, they don't even know what's going on. They don't even know what's going on. They're just trying to grow some rice. They're trying to dig some potatoes out of the ground and cook another meal. They're just trying to live. They have no clue. No clue. Mm-mm. Now, here in America, of course, if you meet a Muslim in America, most, uh, most Muslims in America have met a Christian. Buddhist in America, some of them have, yes, majority of them have met Christians, but these in these other areas, most of them are falling in what's what the um, those that study missions would call the 1040 window. It's uh, latitude and longitude of an area that is vastly unreached with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. This is why on every message I preach from this pulpit or through television, or through any platform where I have the opportunity to present the gospel. I will always extend an invitation for salvation, for the lost to receive Christ, because you never know who's watching. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I'm saved. You don't need to share that again. That that invitation's not for you. <laughs> we know that you're in the ark of safety. <laughs> it's for those who don't know. It's a big world. There are over 2 billion Two billion who have never heard the gospel presented in a clear and understandable way. There are 1.5 that are completely unreached, but 1.5 billion that are completely unreached. But we can add another half billion in there who still have never had enough exposure to hear it presented in a way where they can make a clear, logical decision. Let me tell you right now, with that gospel presented, yes, there will be those that say, this is what I've wanted all my life. Thank God. Yes, I'll take Christ now. Mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to do business, kingdom business, until he comes. Pastor Chief, we're out of time. No, we're not out of time because he hasn't come yet. <laughs> Woo! We're going to keep going. And look at, look at this. Not only are we going to keep going. We're going to expand in a greater level. And God's going to bless you right in the midst of chaos, right in the midst of depravity, right in the midst of a world gone crazy. We're going to keep preaching the uncompromising gospel that salvation is in Christ and that Christ is the only mediator between man and And God, He's the only one that you can get your life right with in the eyes of God. It's through God's Son, Christ Jesus. Praise God. And we're going to preach it all over the world. We're going to continue to preach it all over the world, as well as sharing messages from the Word that build up the faith of God's people. So you can be strong in faith and do exploits that God has called you to do and has preordained that you would accomplish before you were ever born. You're not leaving this planet until your assignment is done. Woo. And you're going to get it done. Hallelujah. My friends, the only reason people fail, believers fail, is because of broken focus. I'm not saying we shouldn't be aware of things. We are. And we pray. We pray. And as we do that, we're still going on the main thing, the main thing. There are multitudes that have never heard the gospel. Mm-mm. And we are we're going to extend ourselves as far as we can. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, to all the nations, to every one of those ethnic groups. Right now, on this planet, We have certain ethnic groups that have no Bible in their language of their mother tongue. 1,600 ethnic groups alone that don't even have a Bible in their language. Well, Pastor Steve, we should just give them an English Bible. They they, they can't read it. Well, we should read it to them. They can't understand it. That's like somebody giving me a a Bible in, in Greek well, I, 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 could, I could work my way through some of it. I've, I've had some Greek in college. I, at one point, I was pretty good, but because that's not really something I put all my emphasis on, there's going to be a lot I don't know. But if you give me something in Russian, I'm lost. Well, you should just figure it out. I can't. I don't know how. I can't read it. Can't under, I can't understand it. Well, we're, well, we'll read it to you. That's not going to help me at all. I need my own Bible in my own native tongue. And my own mother language, which for me is English. They don't have it. 1,600 ethnic groups that don't have a Bible. Well, how are we going to reach them? We're going to have to get that figured out. I believe a lot of that is going to go over into the area of the supernatural, where we're going to see the signs and wonders that are going to help us Not only do all we can naturally, but this is going to be expedited by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we go into certain areas, there will be supernatural wisdom given as well as the ministry gifts of the Spirit in order to get this accomplished a whole lot faster. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, there is a gift of tongues for those that we would call missionaries or apostles. That sometimes they can go into areas and they either learn the language extremely fast and some have got it instantly. Some have gone into certain countries and it's not it's not just a language to give a message and then and then leave. It's, It's for those often that stay there and they just they just pick it up. Or sometimes they've got it instantly, where they can just fluently speak it. That's by the Holy Spirit. And, of course, when we have situations like that, now we're moving a whole lot faster than, you know, you know, like a four-year language class just to be able to speak it. And then, you know, another 20 years to be able to get a, a good translation, uh, you know, over to them. No, we can move a whole lot faster when the Holy Spirit is directing and helping us praise God and we can we can depend upon the holy spirit to lead us in these areas. Now pastor Stephen these statistics that you have given of these 1.5 billion unreached ethnic groups all of those precious souls and another half billion that also really haven't really had the exposure they've had a, they've had a little bit more than these others that are unreached but still, you, you in those areas, we could still have 70% totally lost and don't know Christ. Pastor Stephen, what do all these statistics mean? What does it mean? It means that our focus should be on being engaged with our efforts and our hearts and our prayers and our giving for kingdom business. Kingdom business. Let me tell you. If you get involved in the kingdom business, you'll never run dry. You'll never run dry. And if you ever have any challenges, God will take you over them. Praise the Lord. Because when you have a heart for the lost, your focus is in the right place. When you love the lost, I know some Christians, that they, they, they wouldn't give a flip about the lost. They don't even think about them. They, all they want is to keep living Maybe in their idea, what they call an American dream, just, you know, as long as we're okay, who cares about anybody else? And they're so self engrossed in their own life that they don't even think about these precious souls that don't know Christ. And listen, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you die lost in your sins. I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're a Jew. I don't care if you're a Gentile. It doesn't matter who you are. If Christ is not your Savior, there is no taking away of your sins. There's no propitiation of blood to cover your sins, to wash the sins away. Christ is the only one who has dealt with humanity's sin problem. He fixed that problem at Calvary, at the cross there in Jerusalem. He hung on the cross and died as an innocent man who would never sinned so that all of our sins could be placed upon him so that he could bear them for us. Woo. So that we could be free, but you have to put your faith and trust in him. If you're watching today's message and you don't know Christ as your Lord and savior, and you think pastor Stephen, I'm outside of God. I don't know God. I have no covenant with God. Then my friends, you're in big trouble. You need the Lord. You need the Lord. See, I, I look at politics and I see I see Democrats, I see Republicans, I see corruption on both sides. What is the solution? They all need Christ because you have a lot of, maybe even what we would say conservative Republicans, they don't know, they don't know the Lord. They're not saved. They use profanity, they cheat on their taxes. they're involved in insider trading, which is illegal and unlawful, but they do it anyhow. They're lost in their sins, too, and they need to be told that. They need to get their lives right with God. Mm -mm -mm. Christ is the answer. Praise the Lord. One day Jesus will come, and he will run and govern this planet the way that only he can. The perfect way that only he can. Justly and fairly. Mm -mm. It's going to be a beautiful thing. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Hallelujah. Praise God. But my friends, until that day comes, until that time comes, we have to stay on task. We have to keep doing what was shown to us in the parable. A parable that displayed the truth that one day he will come back. But until then, we have to stay busy. So I want to bring you back to what I believe the Lord showed me was a focus for this year. Found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, verse 1. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth in the singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. This is a year of production and producing for you. Verse 2. Enlarge. Enlarge the place of your tent. Pastor Stephen, I'm ready to pack up my tent and move to a remote area of the Canadian wilderness. I'm ready to go to Alaska. Well, that, that to me sounds like you're abandoning the kingdom focus. Well, I want out of here, Pastor Stephen, too risky, too dangerous for me. The safest place to be is in the will of God. And in that will is included... The kingdom focus, the kingdom focus of advancing the gospel. If you're not into that, you're in a dangerous place. Praise the Lord. I would ask you today to reevaluate where your focus is at. Don't let anything allow your kingdom focus to be broken. Praise the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. It is time for your expansion and your increase. Why? Because you, you are going to be vitally used by the Lord in this moving of the spirit. Woo! Hallelujah. That you can be the spearhead that helps to move the kingdom message forward. Praise God. I see it happening in your life. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It is a time to go before the Lord and get the focus, the heart of God. Get the priorities of the Lord right in your life. And as you do, everything else will fall in order. When you have the divine order, everything else lines up. Praise the Lord. Please do not set your priorities by the news. Although we need to be aware of what's going on. But you must not set kingdom priorities by natural, worldly circumstances or events. Why They're changing all the time. They're changing all the time. And as like I said, and like Jesus said in Matthew 24, that negative stuff is just going to increase. So you need to stay on task. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let this year be the year of the greatest increase of your walk with the Lord, your nearness to the Lord, the provision of the Lord, the peace of the Lord, than anything you've ever had in your life before. This is a year of growth and increase and expansion. Hallelujah. Now say in the name of the Lord, I receive the mandate for the kingdom focus to take the gospel, to be a part of that. And whatever my role to play is, so that we take it to every ethnic group on the face of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you imagine when you're in heaven one day and people come up to you and say, Thank you for your giving and your love of the gospel, your love for Christ, and your love for me, although you never knew me, and you never even saw my face on the earth yet you had a heart for me and I'm here because you were involved in whatever role in the various role that you played to get the gospel to me. So I wouldn't spend the eternity in hell, but I could spend eternity in heaven with God. Somebody cared enough to pray for you and to give and to have a heart for the kingdom so that somehow in some way it was preached to you and you heard it. I don't know what format or how, But you heard it, and you received it. And now here you are saved, serving the Lord. Aren't you glad you're saved? Mm -mm, Thank you, Jesus. But one day to meet all of these precious people, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And as we send the gospel out, let me just say this. Trust me. They're listening. They're watching. These messages go into communist countries. These messages Sometimes, I don't even know how they do, but they go into areas where it's banned or forbidden, and people are listening. And we're going to continue to spread the good news of Jesus. It is the greatest assignment in the world, and to be participating in it is the highest, is the highest area of kingdom activity, the most important thing you can, you can do. Why? When this is all done, and we go home to be with the Lord, you're going to have those Christians, I'd call them outer court Christians. I'm talking from like a temple perspective. They just live their life in the outer court, you know, just happy they're saved. And, you know, it's wonderful. That's wonderful. But never really having an interest in God or what's on God's heart or what's important to him. So maybe maybe they even get caught up in social justice issues. But you can, be, you can be a social justice warrior and rescue this and rescue that. But if, if we don't get them the Christ, they're lost. They're lost. So the preaching of the gospel and the spreading of the gospel is the priority. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's really grabbing hearts right now. Praise God. Praise the Lord. If you're watching and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want to receive Him now and His eternal life within your heart, pray this right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you as a sinner, but you died on the cross for sinners. Jesus, save me right now. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. I receive you by faith as my Lord and my Savior And my King, Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He has heard that prayer. He has answered that prayer. You're now safe in his hands. You belong to him. Now serve him and live for him, and you'll see the goodness of the Lord all the days of your life. Praise God. Praise God forever. My friends, this is a time for you to go forward. Yes, there can be frightening moments. We could see things that could be shocking. We could see things that, yes, put us on our knees in prayer. But we must keep going forward. We must keep going forward with the gospel. With the gospel. Praise the Lord, because there are those that they will do anything to hear it. There are those that want it. and We're going to get it to them. The fragrance of the Lord. I smell the fragrance of the Lord. Praise God. Let's take Holy Communion. I want to invite you to grab some unleavened bread. If you don't have one of these little wafers that, you know, I buy these in Christian bookstores, or you can order them, you know, over the Internet. This is a little bitty wafer. You can get a saltine cracker, get something like that. I mean, if you don't have that, get a cheese. it do, do what you can do and join us as we take Holy Communion. I have some grape juice here. Grab you some grape juice. Praise God. And if you don't have grape juice, you've never taken communion before, uh, use a temporary substitute. Okay? Just get what you can. Get, you know, Dr. Pepper. I'm not saying keep using that, but just get something so that you can take communion with us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the grape juice, the bread. We bless it. And through this prayer, we sanctify it. We set it apart as holy. This is now the body. And the blood of Christ, our precious Savior. Father, Father, as we receive the body of Christ, we thank you for a clear focus. We thank you for a focus to reach the lost. And as we do this, you're going to bless us. You're going to bless us. Thank you, Father, as we take it to the Jews. They need Christ. They need Christ. Jesus, is, Yeshua is their Savior. And so many don't know it. Father, as we take the gospel to the Jews, as we take the gospel, as Paul said, to the Greeks, a representation of the Gentile world. Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you for so many that will receive, Father, your son. So as we receive the body of Christ, that our focus be crystal clear. Thank you, Father God, that we must be busy with the kingdom of We must be occupied with kingdom business of reaching the lost. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Because of your love for God and your love for his commandments and his directives and your love for the lost, you will have rewards waiting for you. You will have eternal rewards waiting for you. And when the other Christians who are there, who had no interest in these things in the kingdom mandate, when they see, when they see what's going on with your life and the rewards that will be passed out, they'll be like, "Whew, boy, did I ever, did I ever not use my time wisely, but you are using your days wisely and you're going to see the glory of the Lord in your life. As you take this kingdom initiative and you keep it at your, as your focus, you're going to have a long life, and the Lord will impart healing healing into your body. Why? He, he, he needs you up and about. You're a kingdom person. You're reaching the lost. He'll give you the strength that you need. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus as we receive the blood of Christ. Father, we know that the devil, Satan, he's the accuser of the brethren, He is our adversary. He works through people to do foolish, hurtful, evil things, unlawful things. Father, we thank you. Our our fight is truly not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits in these higher realms. But we thank you, Father God, that we're safe in you. We thank you, Father God. We bless and we curse not. Thank you, Father God. We pray and we intercede. We thank you, Father. We're not doormats either. We thank you that we're strong. The righteous are as bold as lions, but it's a bold love, a bold faith to reach out in love, to reach out in love. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for the right balance, that right balance, that wisdom of your spirit. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for the blood of Jesus washing away all sin. Father, if we have committed any sin, we ask that you would forgive us washes us with the blood of Christ. And we thank you, father, our sins and our iniquities. You remember no more. We thank you that we are clean through Christ's precious blood. Father, we receive the blood of Jesus now, and we give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. Let's receive glory to the Lord. I see that your time of expansion An increase is at hand. Now, believe it. Use your faith and say, yes, it is. Praise God. And then, occupy till he comes. Be very occupied in kingdom business. And all that you do will prosper and be blessed. My friends, thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Bye-bye.